I want to continue with our study of the miraculous salvation of Nebuchadnezzar, the king. And now that he has had met God, now that he's come into this relationship with God, he sends out worldwide over all the nations they had conquered his testimony. It was a letter to the world, and it was amazing. He praises God. In verse 34, he said, I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. Then he begins to acknowledge God's greatness, how great he is, how he's the one who rules over mankind. In chapter 4, verse 37, he says, I praise, exalt, and honor the God of heaven, for all his works are true, and his way is just, and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. His heart is literally filled with praise. And whereas before it was filled with pride, pride about himself, pride about his achievements, pride about his kingdom, now he was filled with praise for God. And he was full of self before, now he's full of God and God's love and God's mercy. And he acknowledges not that he's the great ruler, but that God's the great ruler. Before he he thought only about what he wanted, and now he's thinking about what God wants. And that's what happens when we come into relationship, really into relationship with Christ. We begin to have a whole different perspective, and we begin to see what really matters, and we begin to be a part of it. I wonder if you praise God very much for what he's done for you. Uh, almost every day I try to give a little praise to him for my life and for my salvation and for all that has ensued because of my relationship with him. Everything in my life that's worthwhile has come out of my relationship with him. And it's, it's uh, so easy to take it for granted. It's so easy just to sit back and enjoy it. It's so easy just to forget to say, thank you, God. Thank you for what you've done for me. And I think it's important for us to lift our voices in praise. It's like the psalmist in Psalm 40. He said, he brought me up out of a pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, and he's making my footsteps firm, and he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. That's what God does for us. And Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Nebuchadnezzar was on his way to gaining the whole world and losing his soul. But God loved him, and God showed mercy to him, and God reached out to him just like he does to each person. And, and finally, he brought him low enough that he could lift up his eyes and cry to the God of heaven. I like the way Jeremiah puts all of this in Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24. He says, thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might, and let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth, for I delight in these things. So if you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. If you're going to have something that's really important, make it the Lord because he's the one who can give you a life worth living. Now let's continue talking about this chapter a little bit more and kind of see how God works in people's lives, how he's worked in our lives and how he works in other people's lives. And I want you to see that 
when a person comes to know Christ, it doesn't just happen right there. There are all kinds of things that God is doing before that happens to get that person to the point where they see their need to come to Christ. Three times in this chapter, uh, we're told that the Most High rules over all the realm of mankind, but to come to believe that and believe God rules over us takes some doing on God's part. The one thing that Nebuchadnezzar had to do, and that was he had to recognize that he was not in charge, but God was in charge. Now notice how God brings this to pass, how God works. First, God reveals himself to us and to others in many loving ways. That's what he did with Nebuchadnezzar. He started with Daniel, and as Daniel came came from Judah and became one of his trusted young wise men, through Daniel's life and through Daniel's godliness, he saw that there was something to this God of heaven. This God that Daniel worshipped was more than just an idol. And Daniel let his light shine and his good works come through. And he saw that second, uh, he, he saw in the lives of the three boys who he put in the fiery furnace that their God, in fact, he actually saw four people walking in that furnace. And, and one was like uh, the son of God, he said. And he realized that there's more to it, but God was lovingly showing him and revealing himself to him. And he also did it through prophecies that he gave him. He unveiled and revealed to him some mysteries of the world and the future, things that his astrologers and magicians could not come up with, Daniel had. And so he he got a vision of something far beyond today that was bigger than himself, but that had did not that that worked to bring him to a point, but it didn't bring him to the end of himself. And God reveals himself today in many different ways. And his power and his love and his mercy and his provision. But for still many people, that's not enough. We have to, he has to go even further, and, and there has to come to pass something of a different nature in their lives to bring them to the point where they're willing to, sur- to surrender. Uh, also, I want you to notice if revelation like this is rejected, then God turns to warnings. First, God warned through circumstances. And the scripture tells us in chapter 4, verse 45, that he was at ease and flourishing in his palace. Then God caused him to have a dream. The dream shook him up. The dream kind of gave him some sense of concern, and he became frightened and alarmed through that dream. The dream was something that that God used to to warn him. And David, when, when Daniel interpreted the dream, I mean, it really warned him. And, and gracious was God in doing this. And God warns us too. You know, all through the scripture, he warns those who have not come to him to repent and come to him. And But here's what Daniel said to him. O king, may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away now from your sins by doing righteousness and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. And Daniel encouraged him. Daniel challenged him to get his life 
right with God and that repentance was necessary and that he needed to repent and he needed to turn from his sins and he needed to turn to God and let God completely take over his life. And that's what God's saying to us today, that we recognize his revelation. We don't reject what he has given us in the way of revelation and warnings. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. I hope you'll be with us.